0: a podcast on the pod fix network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com please listen carefully Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 108 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today, we're exploring some secretive sayings, and I have no ado, so bring it on in close, and let's find out today's phrases, origins, history, and more. Let's begin with a whistleblower, which is someone who brings to light information that is supposed to be a secret. This is often used to refer to someone revealing something going on inside a company that they work for, but it can be used as a general term for revealing secrets. This saying comes from actual whistleblowers. In the 19th century, the police relied heavily on whistles to send alerts and relay information about crimes to other police and to the public. In June of 1883, an article in the Janesville Gazette, a newspaper from Janesville, Wisconsin, included the following about a policeman's effort to prevent a riot. Quote, Quiet was restored upon the arrival of the regular police force, and ere the town clock had struck the midnight hour, all had returned to their homes. But the crowd of people were all willing to bet that McKinley was the champion whistleblower in America. End quote. Now, the saying is often attributed to Ralph Nader, an American civic activist. And while he didn't come up with the phrase, he did help to make it more positive and more popular. In the 1960s, whistleblower was a popular term for journalists to use when talking about people who had let out information, but it had a negative connotation. It was basically just another way to say snitch, but in the 1970s, Nader helped to shape it into a term for a more positive type of information sharing. That's all I have for this one, so now, let's buzz around. To be a fly on a wall means you can observe something without being noticed. The exact phrase is attributed to an article from the Oakland Tribune, a newspaper from Oakland, California. In an article from February of 1921, we find this quote, I'd just love to be a fly on the wall when the right man comes along. End quote. The idea behind the saying, however, can be traced back much further into old-timey times. Since at least the 16th century, flies have been used to refer to discreetly learning something you weren't supposed to know. Shakespeare used a precursor to this phrase in Romeo and Juliet, which was written in 1595. He wrote, Who even in pure and vestal modesty still blush as thinking their own kisses sin? But Romeo may not, he is banished. Flies may do this, when I from this must fly. They are free men, but I am banished. End quote. That may not really sound like it's connected to being a fly on the wall, but it's basically saying that Romeo wishes he could gaze at Juliet like a fly on the wall, as they are free to sit on the wall and gaze at her as much as they want. In 1711, we find a usage that sounds even more like the modern-day phrase. Susanna Sintlever was an English poet, actress, and playwright. In her work, Marplot in London, she wrote, quote, A letter, would I were a fly now, that I might swoop down upon the paper and read it before his face. Lord, Lord, what would I give for an universal knowledge? End quote. It continued to be a popular bit of phrasing for many authors, and while the exact wording may have changed over time, the idea remained the same. A tiny fly can basically hide in plain sight and thus is able to observe pretty much whatever they want to in secret. As previously mentioned, the 1921 use in the Oakland Tribune seems to be the first use of the exact phrase in print, but this saying has a long history and I'm sure it won't fly out of the vernacular anytime soon. Now I have a couple of of turn-of-phrases tidbits for you. If something is off the record, then it means it's not official or able to be quoted. It's said in confidence and is supposed to be kept secret. It began as a term for removing unnecessary information from court documents. But exactly when this was is unknown. By the 1930s, it was being used by reporters to let a source know they wouldn't reveal what they were told. In November of 1932, in an article in the Daily Times News, a newspaper from North Carolina, we find the following about President Roosevelt. Quote, He said that he was going to talk off the record, that it was mighty nice to be able to talk off the record for a change, and that he hoped to be able to talk off the record often in the future. He told a couple of funny stories, and everybody laughed and cheered. End quote. That's it for this one, so let's move on. Today's other tidbit is to sweep something under the rug. This means to hide something because it would be embarrassing or bad if it became known. No one seems to know how or when this got started. But it comes from the idea that if you're in a hurry to hide dirt, you might sweep it under a rug, in essence, hiding it in plain sight. You can no longer see the dirt, but it isn't really gone. However, it does make things look better than they are. This literal hiding became figurative sometime in the early 20th century. But again, the specifics of why are not clear. So with that, let's hear today's Familiar Quotation. Topper's today's Familiar Quotation is from Roald Dahl. Quote, And above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you, because the greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. End quote Thank you, mister Dahl, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's for better or for words. Love advice from old timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now let's hear from the ladies first. Don't believe that marriage is a lottery over which you have no control. If you and your husband have both married for love, the lottery is really a dead cert. And now for the men. Don't think that, because she is a woman, your wife ought to be an angel of light. She is just as much a human being as you are, and no more perfect. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 108. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix Network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, Toppers, it's no secret that I'm grateful to you for listening. Toodaloo. And now. Yes, yes. Let me rephrase. An American Civic acti- act. An American Civic Activist. Act- activist. An American Civic Activist. Why can't I say that? Activist. Activist.